would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we are broadcasting from, the Boorurung people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. We would also like to acknowledge all the traditional owners from all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander lands you are listening from. What do you get when a Japanese Jewish woman, a Korean woman and a Nigerian Malawian woman get together to chat about living, working and raising families in Australia? You get Like Us, a podcast that is Anna Song, Noi Chaisel and Zioni Walker Nintendo, three Australian women from different cultural backgrounds discussing their personal relationship with Australia and Australia's relationship with them. Hello, ladies. Hello, Noi. How are we? <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yes, oh, good, 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 good. Because a little thing, I'm not sure how I feel about this, so I need to ask. Let's hear it. Okay, let's hear it. Really? Sure. Yes. All right. Okay. Well, so it happens a lot. (laughs) I'm already laughing. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not that I hate it. Okay, there's so many disclaimers. Maybe there's a lawyer in the room. (laughs) (laughs) But something's getting under your skin. Something's getting under my skin. And I don't, it's not that I exactly hate it. So just putting it out there, but I don't exactly love it. I want to know how you feel because it'll help me to identify my own feelings. Mm -hmm. All right. So you know how there's all those celebrity chefs like in the paper, the good weekend or whatever it is, all those sorts of things. How do you guys feel when you see those celebrity chefs write cultural recipes Mm. that aren't of their own cultures? Like, say, for example, like a celebrity Italian chef giving us a sushi mm. recipe or a kimchi recipe or whatever. And it's yeah. and you know that they're yeah. definitely, definitely not of that culture. Mm. Like, does a part of you just go, hmm, interesting. <laughs> like, and why wouldn't they be allowed to do it? Like, yes. Right? I yes. mean, they can do it, but often they oh, really don't at, do it well. Uh-huh. Look at them. Look at you. Just see yeah. Yeah. So, like, but can I ask this question, though? Can they add their own infusion to it? So it's sort of some kind of... If it's good, of, but it's it, rarely good. <laughs> Italian Because what of a my kimchi. people have is already <laughs> the best. <laughs> so, okay. So, for example... There has often been a raised eyebrow or two when you go into a Japanese restaurant or even, dare I say, takeaway sushi mm-hmm. joint. Mm-hmm. And there are Noi Koreans is, behind the counter. Noi is putting her hand on, mm-hmm. on my arm. Just to settle you. <laughs> Just because I don't want to punch him with that. As I say, Koreans behind the sushi counter. <laughs> so, like, for example, why not? Like, hmm. why could not it's someone... It's a business. Yeah. So what's the difference? <laughs> yes. What's the difference in yes. the business of the celebrity chef yeah. writing a traditional... And isn't... Is it, maybe this is totally maybe problematic. Oh, maybe this is problematic. But is it a way of even signaling that that food, that cuisine has arrived that so many different has people... Arrived. I know, I know, I know. It's problematic. Totally problematic that so many different people can have a business selling mm. that food. Do you, does that make sense? No, I'm not against, like, again, I say I'm not against it, <laughs> but I'm just curious. Okay, so would you trust a recipe more mm-hmm. from, say, a, say, a, say a, no. a sushi recipe from an Italian celebrity chef or from or a, Japanese a Japanese chef? Absolutely from a Japanese chef. But not all Japanese chefs know how to make sushi. 
Like, it, I mean, it's, I'll, it's I, an I assumption, just, isn't it? Right. I'm making an assumption that because Shouldn't it's they? A- <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. I'm just, cu- I mean, I guess I'm just curious because is it? At what point does it move from cultural appropriation to cultural appreciation, yes, right? I guess that's my question. And it makes me wonder. Is it, and this might be giving you too much information about me, my personal life, and what I do <laughs> what in, else the is late, new? Late, <laughs> in the late, late hours of the evening, <laughs> but like possibly, I'm hoping, you guys as well, I have spent a few too many hours binging my favourite bodice rippers and oh. English period dramas. I can't believe you called it a bodice ripper. <laughs> it pretty much is. But it is, isn't it? Okay. We're going down I mean, the road, I suspect. Okay, so, true confessions, and we love it. I do, do love it. Bridgerton. Why do you say it like that? Because, you know, because, we just need to take a breath. I know, and there's a satisfaction knowing that you've watched it. Is there not a satisfaction? Oh, Oh my God. Is there not a satisfaction in Bridgerton? Season one more than season two, much more satisfying. But for different, I mean, I would say. I like them both for different reasons. For different reasons. I didn't expect to like season two. Yeah. Because I was like, the Duke, how can you replicate all of what happened there? Oh, my God. So I was like, no, I'm not going to watch season two. Not watching, not watching. I'm going to watch it and then binge the whole thing. (laughs) Right. But I enjoyed the sexual tension. I did. They kept me on the edge for a long time. No sexual tension. I wanted sexual tension. I just wanted sex. (laughs) I mean, and that, I'm talking about the show. Oh my God. I just was a little bit. Anyway, beside the point, (laughs) because I love an Englishman on a horse, doesn't matter what he's doing. So if you give me any English man on any horse, I am so there. Does he have to be white, Englishman? You know what? I am going to tell you, he doesn't have to be white anymore. And thank oh. you very much. Thank you very much. You for now, now have additional reference now points, I have right? a diversity Different casting. Englishmen. Options have thanks, widened. Thanks to diversity casting, I can now have any color Englishman on a horse. Absolutely. And I'm and grateful for still does that. the same and thing. And he can still be noble. And I'm happy that a diversity casting has allowed me to have a rainbow of colors in my nobility. <laughs> all on horses, though. All on horses and all in britches. Because <laughs> there's nothing more attractive as that. So I ask you. To each his own. <laughs> is this episode of our podcast going to be 15 and over as well? <laughs> From this point onwards. Okay, a little bit too much information. I get it. But have my point in this, again, yes. circling all the way back, is that whole col- concept of this cultural appropriation, this yeah. whole use of diversity. Mm. Who has the claim of diversity? And in this notion of telling the stories, who has the right to tell the stories and how are the stories being told? So my point in all of this, I guess, would be if we're using diversity casting, and I love it in so many ways, not just because of the eye candy. Not mm-hmm. just because of what it represents, that all of a sudden there is a lot more equality in the casting and in mm-hmm. our television mm-hmm. and the representation that mm-hmm. we're now seeing. Yeah. My my point is though, as we get through generations and generations where we are looking at television or movies as a way of storytelling and a way of, and I put inverted quotes, truth telling. Mm-hmm. As we look at David Copperfield as a person of colour, as we look at the kings and queens in our Regency dramas as people of colour, mm. and that becomes a way of historical representation, mm. are we now seeing historical realism gone mad or mm. gone historically 
fake、mm. to the point where now we question where are the truths, where are the historical realisms that get us to the point of reality where we sit now. Yeah. Okay, just just to take a breath. I can't believe we went from bodice ripper to historical realism. Gone mad in like. I mean, this、Five、is so、minutes. us. This is so us.、Um, so I'm gonna digest that a little bit, and and Zioni, you should you should dive in while dive you're digesting and be articulate and eloquent. As you, Do you know, want me to go back to men on horses? <laughs> well, I mean, I did love what Zioni said about cultural appropriation. Appropriation versus appreciation. So, do you do you have another like eloquent, lucid insight? <laughs> <laughs> And we go to you. Wow. Ba -ba 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 <laughs> okay. Gee, the bodice ripper. Historical reality. I think for and look, you make a really, really good point. Especially for people this generation, they're highly visual. All of their storytelling cues,、mm. most of them, are from visual images, not from reading. Right?、Like、TikTok, for example. Exactly. TikTok, Instagram, everything. Right. And so you you think about our children、yeah. and conversations around racism and all of that stuff. And if they don't see. Real stories about racism, where they actually can see all、oh, the kings and queens or whoever they were,、right. the people in positions of power were all white people, and then the people who were oppressed were all people of color,、mm -hmm. and so therefore I understand why we have particular dynamics at play yes. currently. Yes. Right? There are reference points、yes. that they can point to and draw a linear line、yes. to join the dots.、Yes. If they look back, and the kings and queens and the people in positions of power are from any background, it doesn't then doesn't make, make sense, sense why their reality plays out the way that it does. Oh, is that kind of like seeing the Black Queen on Bridgerton and not understanding why Meghan Markle had such a hard time with the British monarchy? Yes, ding dong. <laughs>、oh, exactly. exactly. It's just like Meghan. What was your problem? Yeah, exactly. yeah. you're a Duchess. There was a Black, was a black queen. queen. What are we talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and also then how do you reconcile slave trade? Yeah, like how did she let that happen? Yeah. I mustn't have existed. Yeah, like all of a sudden, reality comes into a play of fiction. Yeah, you know, and they become intention. Yeah. So, what do you do? Well, isn't we're still lucky because most depictions of history still represent the way that they played out, right? So, most of the sort of Regency period dramas are still white people,、yes. and the oppressed are still people of color. Yes, in that kind of context, so people can join the dots. I suppose it becomes problematic if, in the future. Everything is blind、yep. casting, and everything is diverse casting. So、yep. there is no reference point for anybody to say, "But this is what the historical truth looked like." Yes. As long as you still have the historical truth as a reference point, then it's okay to have blind casting as an alternative. Can I ask? Do you think? And I, I don't know. I'm just asking. Do you think there needs to be some sort of Explanation that、mm. this is not historical reality. This is, this historical. is a result、oh, of blind casting, like,、yeah. based on yeah, you know, so you know, so that it's disclaimer. It's a disclaimer. Well, disclaimer.、Yeah. So it's crystal clear, clear that there is nothing in here that there was a black duke or an Asian princess. God forbid. Oh, I feel like I'm about to say something smart. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> say it now before you forget. <laughs> like, is that kind of what what you sort of phrased earlier? Is, is Diversity casting, historical real realism gone mad. Are we talking about potentially like historical appropriation?、Hmm. Ooh, is that a thing? Now we have to digest. I've、yeah. got to digest that. <laughs> well, it is a possibility,、mm. and it could be really interesting because also then, I mean, taking this into something slightly different is then. 
using the whole notion of historical appropriation or cultural appropriation is mm. when you take into, I suppose, cultural realism. When you right. take things like pachinko. Yeah. yeah. Where they used real Korean actors mm. and real Japanese actors. Speaking for, their own language for for Korean characters and, and Japanese, Japanese characters. characters. As yeah. opposed to what we're used to seeing. Which is like white dudes playing yeah. those Asian those characters. Yeah. Right. In, a, in, right. in the most awkward way. Oh, so another like potentially semi-intelligent reflection here. <laughs> so what, what was the... So when Tom Cruise played a samurai... Oh, yeah. In some, was it called Last Samurai? samurai. Yeah. That, but he was playing it as a Caucasian person. Yeah, he was meant oh, to be white. Yeah. Okay, so he wasn't okay. trying, to, he wasn't yellow facing. Okay, got But it, what got is it. interesting more recently as well was Opera Australia got called out for yellow face for Puccini's yes. Madame Butterfly. Ah. Yes. Which is a classic yeah, yellow face. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And the reaction for that was it's the arts. Well, oh. can I say though, on that point, um, Madame Butterfly kind of put me off, off opera. In because general, of the yellow because face? Of Be- because, I mean, I was kind of like, should I keep going to see operas, even though I like the music? Because a lot of the plots, basically there's this, this tragic mm. female lead who always ends up kind of dead. Mm. Oh, well, that's in general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 But, that's opera generally. Yeah, yeah but Madame Butterfly also added another, another layer, layer of like, And I'm like, do I? like? Because then I end up thinking about... Colonization when I just want to go out and enjoy <laughs> arts and theatre, right? Yeah. Um, and should, arts, arts should never make you think about it. <laughs> no, should God never for, challenge God your fear. I mean, I have to think about it every other second, you know. Um, but just on, so when I mentioned Tom Cruise, so okay, I, I'm not going to have another semi intelligent thing to say about that. <laughs> but what I will say, going back to Pachinko, yes. was. I loved the book. I re- yes. obviously I read it first, and I couldn't wait for the streaming um, site to you know give it color and movement. But what was so deeply sort of profound for me as an experience was to hear the languages yes. of Korean, Japanese, uh, along with English in that production, because it's it's literally like a trilingual production mm. by an American mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, studio. Yeah. yeah. And I don't actually think I've ever seen that before. And to my ears, at least, both the Korean and the Japanese sound very authentic to mm. me. Yes. Um, and it went, did it, when you were watching it, all three languages going in, it felt a natural flow. Mm. Yes. Right. And it felt most closely reflective of my own lived experience wow, where I'd I live like in a multilingual yeah. reality. Yes. 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 And you have to switch between languages. Yeah. And I did wonder, like, what is the ordinary English audience, like monolingual English audience, what thinking about this? this? Yeah. Do they feel it's dis- distracting or is there hard work for them to be reading and listening? Um, but, you know, I wonder whether that means they actually get a a richer it's, experience, yeah. possibly. Or or just an, an experience yeah. of what it's like to live with hyp, hypernated, hyper, you know... Um, hyphenated experiences. Hi- yeah. Exactly, yes. exactly. Yes. There is something 
in that experience, which is again taking cultural realism. Yeah. So mm. therefore, Korean yeah. actors, Korean language for a Korean part, mm. yeah. Japanese actors, Japanese language for a Japanese part. So yeah. I think again, it's strangely courageous in inverted commas. I know. Commas, where is right? it? It should. It shouldn't be. That's the norm, right? Right. right. And it should be simpler to do it that way. Which Um, I think you were sort of mentioning previously when we were talking about something along these lines where you were like, oh, my gosh, how crazy was all the fur around crazy rich Asians as the only Asian? Mm. Oh, my gosh, look, all these Asians in one movie together Mm. without a white person. Which is about Asians in Asia. God God forbid. (laughs) Who else should be in it? I know. And it was like so celebrated as the all Asian cast all Asian crew even maybe yeah, yeah. Um, Hollywood production and I'm like and they're all speaking English uh, yeah, yeah and that. it was like that same kind of hype though I don't really see around yeah. Pachinko mm, for some mm. reason um, but again it is it is a streaming platform and it is true. a book and it is possibly, it was a literary sort of book and too, also right? more real right so yeah. again in language you know, language in language, but then I think you mentioned that it was actually subtitled. Yes. And I think I had seen... Generally. A, yeah, yeah, and I'd seen a film, and I think I mentioned it to you, Anna, but I cannot for the life of me remember what it was, that I had seen a film and they didn't bother subtitling the in-language part, and I can't remember mm. what... Maybe in Japanese, the language... And part, it didn't, it didn't lose the plot. Well, for me, it didn't like, lose the plot, because yeah. I think I understood enough of the Japanese for it to not to make a difference yeah, for right. me. But if you didn't... I don't think it would have. But what I loved about it was the fact that you were lost in those moments as you would have been as the character. In real life, exactly. Right. So it approximates real life. And that's absolutely fine. Like the written experience can also be. And I think you were talking about a book like that. Absolutely. So a lot of Chimamanda Adichie's books, she would write certain words in Igbo, which is her native language. And I don't speak that language. And Neither do I. Right. Exactly. And I read her book. Well, that's a coincidence because I don't either. So there you go. None of us speak. And yet we can read her books and still completely understand everything she's saying. And it doesn't matter that you can't pick this word or even an entire phrase because you already get the context and the essence of what she's saying. And that's sufficient. And I can still absolutely deeply appreciate and marvel at Mm. her literary genius. Yeah. Yeah. Irrespective. It doesn't distract me or it doesn't diminish anything. I agree. There's a bit of ownership. Like there's an ownership in the use of language and the ownership in taking pride in that language yeah. again you know like for example and i know we've spoken about this before like i don't like to italicize japanese words when i'm writing them because to me it's just part of the written language another word for example but i know a lot of people love and uh, think it's important to italicize foreign mm. words so know, that you know yeah, you that know, it's the, a foreign word what is different. technically correct yeah, yeah. yeah but also so i can understand the point in that you know yeah. so you you notice and you have a pa- moment of pause at that point of difference. Mm. There's different techniques and reasons for that. You know, I think that's also really worthwhile. But didn't you also say, Zioni, about so many English words having so long ago yeah. appropriate different roots? Yeah. yeah. Like we, I mentioned about pajamas. I think I'm correct, but I think it comes from... Uh, India, uh, Hindi, possibly, right? Yeah, so right. it's come from India. And yet most people know it as an English word, yes. right? And so that's not going to be italicized in a book because English language has absorbed it. Yeah. As, it, as they have and, a lot of different words, and German BBC's words. And bananas and pajamas just take on a whole different meaning. A hundred percent. Totally. But I do think, I mean, I think there's also like our own 
and you know, dare I say, with all due love and respect, our collective arrogance for you know English being lingua franca. Yeah, and so we mm. we accept encourage and endorse that the English language is the preferred and I guess in a sense, you know, um, primary language that we're we're preferencing, in, yeah. you know. And so in that all the things that we're talking about here in terms of film and references and books, you know, have to somehow somehow be observant to that, you yeah. know, be they italicized, not italicized, subtitled or not subtitled, mm. you know, it's, it's in service to that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting in terms of that notion of appropriation, cultural appropriation or not. Yeah. You know, to whom are we in service? So, you know what, Noi, I think even though you felt a little bit ashamed about binge watching Bridgerton, um, your favorite p- potentially bodice ripper because you <laughs> casually, <laughs> casually dropped in Linga Franca, you... Recovered your reputation. That's right. You've elevated. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. So we don't hold it against you. Never a waste of time. No. Wait for the next one. Ooh. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Like Us, a new podcast by SBS. You'll find more episodes of Like Us on the SBS website, sbs.com.au slash like us. You can also subscribe to Like Us from the SBS radio app, Apple or Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your hosts are Noe Harsel, Anna Song, and Zioni Walker Nintendo. We are produced and engineered by Michael Burrows at Brand Music and would also like to thank everyone at SBS Radio, especially Caroline Gates, for their help and support.